0: I'm George Faust,
1: and I'm Madeline Adams, and this is Inside Cajun Nation.
2: KLFY presents Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley de official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns.
0: Well, hi, hello, and welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm George Faust, as always, joined by Madeline Adams. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the show. We have a packed show for you tonight, and it starts with the Cajuns and the Olympics four olympic athletes headed to tokyo japan to represent america in the summer games one of which is a raging cajun
1: my conversation with morgan Lulla is coming up plus it's the two-year anniversary of a sad occurrence for the raging cajuns we look back on the passing of iconic head baseball coach tony robishow
0: and i had a chance to chat with former raging cajun quarterback and super bowl champion brian mitchell As we discuss the state of Cajun football right now, and he gives his thoughts about head coach Billy Napier.
1: Also on the show this evening, if you are a college athlete, you can now try to take advantage of your name, image and likeness, which raging Cajun is already doing that. We'll tell (laughs) you
0: all of that (laughs) coming up on tonight's show. But first, let's talk Japan 2020. The games that are all of that. Coming up, but uh, first Japan 2020 will have a Louisiana flavor with four Olympians from the Acadiana area
1: representing their countries. I caught up with a former Raging Cajun who punched her ticket to Tokyo. Former University of Louisiana All-American Morgan Lulla, now an Olympian. She cleared 4.70 meters, which is 15 feet 5 inches, and it was a new outdoor personal best for her. She earned the silver medal at the trials and secured a spot on Team USA.
3: I was freaking out a little bit before my third attempt at 470 and I looked at my dad and he was like Morgan you need to get it together like you you're gonna make this jump you have to make this jump
0: this is our day we have no other choice we just got to go execute and I looked at her I said today's the day she goes yep dad I got this
1: third Olympic trials third attempt at 470 and she clears it.
3: No way, no way this is this like real, this is this real life? Like, and then all I could do was point this guy because I just really believe that, you know, I put it in God's hands and he took control.
0: I, I still don't know if it's really set in, you know. Um, I don't know if we we really did do this, you know. 18 years worth of work, you know, it, it's the hardest team in the world to make. So
1: the third time really is the charm for Lola a five-time LHSAA state champion, an All-American in college, and now an Olympian.
3: Third time is definitely a charm. Um, I you know, kept saying it before, but it's really cool now to say it because I have it I don't know, lucky number three, I guess that's my new lucky number. Um, but I'm super happy to have broken that number and gotten second.
1: Her second place finish earned her a silver medal and an American flag after qualifying to represent the
3: US on the world's biggest stage sports has to offer. Medal was amazing, but that American flag in my hand was the vision I kept in mind through my last four years, five years now.
1: This Friday, Lola's hometown, New Iberia, is holding a
3: parade to show support for their Olympian. And the love and support I'm getting from my hometown, I just, I'm blown away. I'm humbled, I'm honored, I am, like I I so excited to represent my new Iberia hometown on a big stage like the Olympics.
0: Alright, so Morgan is one of four local Olympians in this year's events on the men's side of the pole vault competition. One of the most heralded pole vaulters in the world. Mondo Duplantis will be in the summer games. He'll compete for Sweden, but of course he prepped at Lafayette High and competed at LSU. In college, the U.S. trampoline team has two slots, one for the men's and one for the women's team. Both spots filled by Lafayette trained trained gymnasts Nicole Osinger and Alexi Shostak.
1: And you can get all your Japan 2020 coverage on our website, CaliphY.com. Just click on the Olympics section.
0: Coming up on Inside Cajun Nation, it's been two years since Cajun head baseball coach Tony Robichaud passed away.
1: We'll reflect on his effect on baseball community when we return on Inside Cajun Nation. Stay with us.
2: This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling.
0: back to the show. I'm George Faust. She's Madeline Adams. And two years ago this weekend, the Raging Cajun baseball family and college baseball lost an icon of the sport. Raging Cajun head baseball coach Tony Robichaud had passed away.
1: Coach Robichaud meant so much to so many. No matter who you speak with, if they came in contact with Coach Robe, they had a story to tell.
0: And Madeline, Coach Robe could captivate a room with his storytelling. And whether you met him a few for a few minutes or you knew him, for a long time, you always came away with the sense that you could count on him if you ever needed something.
1: Absolutely. His on the field record was quite staggering with more than 1,100 wins, but that wasn't what Coach Robichaud was about. He was about coaching the whole person, making sure he was developing the man, not just the ball player. He would get his point across with Witty little one liners and they stick in your head forever.
0: And I can tell you numerous occasions when he would come to the studio for a 10 minute interview and two hours later we were still talking about family Cajun cuisine or my son's baseball adventures. His gift was his ability to listen and make you feel like he was invested in whatever you were telling him. I had the honor of talking to him in a public format the Thursday before his passing. In an interview we discussed a lot of things, from what it means to be a coach to what type of uniforms the Cajuns would be wearing in 2020. I miss being able to chat with him and hear his sound advice. And with that in mind, I got a chance to listen to him one more time. Uh, and we figured it would be good to hear in, uh, his, just his take of what's ha- what it was to be a coach in his life. His part, here's part of that final interview where he talks about impacting players And what his job as
2: a coach is and i think that's the whole key with longevity is you got to be in it for the kid and you got to be in it to give him something more than just baseball i think he's just playing baseball with you through it but i think you have to turn him into a man through it and i think that's what you keep hearing about mike martin and i think the coaches that have been in the game for a long time i think that's what's uh you know sustained them is that you've got to be on something that's not fleeting a baseball game's fleeting. It's going to be here today and go tomorrow, more. But developing him to a man, you know, that's rock solid.
0: And that's something that you you preach in your program a lot. I know because uh, you're not just coaching the player; you're coaching the person uh, as well. And, and I guess when you when you look at uh, some of the guys that uh, you've coached they talk they talk about Mike Martin and just listen to some of the interviews mm-hmm. they talk about how not, uh, you know what a great coach he was a mentor but not just because he was their baseball coach and I think some of the guys feel that way many of the guys feel that way about you as well
2: well I think that's important because in the bible it doesn't say that you got to be a, a baseball player but it's clear what kind of man you need to become and if you talk to pastors that passed pastor them in over to the other side the three questions that always come up are Was I good enough husband? Was I good enough father? Was I good enough man? So let's just drag those to the front and let's let's teach that. And I think that's going to prepare him probably more than baseball will.
0: When you uh, approach a a practice, a game, or or whatever it might be, do you – plan out what you're going to say to them? Because a lot of times, uh, you know, you have these, these, what we call Robisms that I think, I don't know if the media gave you that, uh, that title or if that's something you have, but, but, you know, keep the blinders on the mule, uh, th- mm-hmm. things like that. How, how does that come about? And why, why does, do you feel like those are effective tools of coaching?
2: Well, they're not really pre-planned as much as they are. Um, you have to kind of coach uh, in snippets. You don't have you got so much time at a practice, and so the, the big thing you want to do is get something to them quick, and get something to them that they can hopefully remember. And they're good at remembering stories, and if you if you speak to that way in them, they, I got guys 10, 15 years from now still quote Robisms, right? <laughs> but but you know, and, and we'll say something like to them, you know, hey, you, we, we need you to get tougher. Iron sharpens iron. Uh, uh, you can't sharpen a knife, you know, with a paper plate, and so off goes aerobism, and yet yeah. it's all you're trying to do is give them an analogy that today's going to be tough, tough on tough, because you, you know, you can't sharpen iron with a Kleenex, and so, uh, those become robisms. A Thoroughbred, not a, a loaf of bread. Th- don't be a, be a thoroughbred, not a loaf of bread. Exactly. So we, <laughs> we got a, a bunch of them, you know, you can't, you know, push your car up a hill with a rope, but you can pull it. So, so again, uh, <laughs> th- those are just used, to. Uh, to just try to get them a mental image of, of, you know.
0: And we are back on Inside Cajun Nation. George Faust again, Madeline Adams over there as always. And what a (laughs) monumental week it has been for NCAA student athletes. The NCAA on Wednesday passing a new rule allowing for student athletes to make money off of their name, image, and likeness now,
1: that now means a student athlete will be able to get money for endorsements, signing autographs and other things of that nature. One of the first ever name image and likeness deals is in the country is done and it's Raging Cajun's quarterback Levi Lewis, who is the beneficiary. Lafayette Travel enters into an NAI NIL agreement with Levi Lewis, UL Senior Quarterback. Levi will promote its Eat Lafayette campaign, showcasing the area's locally owned restaurants.
0: And as a part of the agreement, Lewis will act as an athletic ambassador visiting 10 locally owned restaurants and leveraging his role as a social media influencer to encourage others to join him in participating in the summer long Eat Lafayette campaign. Now, Levi says, quote, I'm excited to announce my first partnership with Lafayette Travel and Eat Lafayette to promote our area's locally owned restaurants. Blessed to represent the world's best cuisine in the Acadiana region.
1: The culture is real. It feels great to be leading the way in this brand new NIL reality and showing what is possible here in Lafayette. The new rule allows student athletes to start making money right away. Here's why. Governing bodies in all three divisions today or this week adopted a uniform interim policy suspending NCAA name, image, and likeness rules for all incoming and current student athletes in all sports.
0: That's while opening name, image and likeness opportunities to student athletes, the policy in all three divisions preserves the commitment to avoid pay for play and improper inducements tied to choosing to attend a particular school. Those rules remain in effect. NCAA President Mark Emeritt said in this statement, this is an important day for college athletes since they are. Since they are now able to take advantage of name, image and likeness opportunities with a variety of state laws adopted across the country, we will continue to work with Congress to develop a solution that will provide clarity on a national level. All right, moving on now. Hey, if you don't get to see the whole show, or you just want to listen to it again, we have exclusive coverage of the raging Cajuns right here on Inside Cajun Nation Sundays at 1035. Now you missed something. We've got you covered though, right, Madeline?
1: That's right. Check out our Cajun Nation podcast. We recap the show and talk everything Raging Cajuns (laughs) and a whole lot more and much more ahead on Inside Cajun Nation. George Fowles, you have a conversation with a former Cajun quarterback, NFL special team.
0: Savant, that's
1: it, Brian Mitchell. (laughs) He talks about the future of Cajuns football, where he thinks it stands. That's coming up after the break. You do not want to miss that conversation.
0: Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation, everyone. George Faust alongside Brian Mitchell, the raging Cajun great, the quarterback. I I don't want to make you feel old, but when I was in high school, actually in grammar school, I used to go watch Tulane play because I grew up in New Orleans, and you were the quarterback. And it was a, it was a ton of fun to watch. I mean, you were running all over them
4: I back in fun. the day. <laughs> I, I tried to have a lot of fun. You know, that was those good games we went down to the Superdome and yeah. Tulane. And uh, when we played them, USL at the time, but yeah. UL now. And yeah. it, it was fun, you know. And I always felt like those big, big stages like that is where you have to play your best football. That's
0: right. Not that,
4: Tulane didn't draw a lot. That's <laughs> why, that's how it was so
0: easy for us little kids to get tickets. But uh, it was a lot of fun to watch you play, for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Raging Cajuns and their football program, obviously. Last season, they finished 15th in the country. Pretty impressive uh, stature to get this program to that point. Just your general uh, kind of thoughts about the Cajuns and where they're at as a program.
4: Well, I'm I'm happy. You know, I've been up there in the D.C. area, and when you start talking with the – one thing about pro football, you get in the locker room and it's always about your college and there were years that went past and you can't brag a lot but over the last few years you know i still am good friends with a lot of guys and they have given me a lot of bragging rights you know i get to watch them on tv a good bit now when they started getting ranked in the top 25 and things of that nature it makes you proud you know it's uh you know i came here in 1986 and felt that we wanted to start something that can be something big and coach napier is coming here now and they really are playing some great football now so i'm hoping this year they go out and just the ground running like they did last year
0: yeah it's it's been impressive to watch do you think like uh, this just popped into my head if you were playing quarterback now uh would you have an opportunity to play as a starter elite
4: yeah i I think i could have you know but the whole thing about me like i've always told people i'm a football player you know and uh the way it was back then they wasn't looking at the shortest at your quarterback but you know i've always played football you know whether i run the ball or not i got to the nfl i never returned a punt or kick in my life over 23,000 yards later, <laughs> I did that. The whole thing about it is, once you get a job, you got to invest yourself into it. Sure. And uh, I think having that foundation here, Coach Nelson Stokely and David Cully, Don Jones, those guys that really believed in me, allowed me to go out there. When I got on the bigger stage, not to be afraid of anything. And I think that's the thing about guys now, with Levi leading this way, leading the way, and you got Coach Napier in here, Troy Winger, who's my center, is still <laughs> around doing some great things. You don't get afraid are intimidated when you get out there because UL is not about just little football. We're big time football now. And when you step on the big stage, you make sure people understand you're here, to, you are know, forced to be reckoned with.
0: I'm interested to know what you think about this college football playoff that they're talking about 12. It, it, it was 12, 12 teams in and conceivably last year, the Cajuns might've been in that spot in that 12 spot. So if you look at it, they might've had an opportunity to play for a national championship with regard. I, I mean, how, how, are you? Are you? Uh, is, does that blow your mind a little bit, or not really? Because right, you know, it, it's just the way things are changing. It's,
4: it's the way things are changing, and I think it's, it should have been like that a long time ago. Because this thing is about any given Sunday. Yeah. You know, you look at the way the Kansas City Chiefs played throughout the year, and all of a sudden they got in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had the best defense, that day and then they shut them down. Yeah. You know, I just think that that can happen at any time in college football as well. We watch it every year in the NCAA's with the, uh, with basketball. We watch a small team come in and knock off some big team. That could happen anywhere else, you know. and I just think you, know, you should give more than just four people an opportunity, four people a try, because it's not just about the big five conferences. It's about everybody out there, and you have to be better than me on that day, and if you're not and I beat you, then hey, I move on. You go home. Perfect segue to
0: my next question about the Cajuns kind of putting themselves out there a year ago when they beat Iowa State. Yep. At Iowa State, that was an impressive win. This year they go to Texas. They're going to have a little bit of a – I think that's a little bit more of a challenge. Even though Iowa State was a quality team and a good team, the, the allure of Texas is there as well. It's going to be packed. Kind of your idea. What you think of that game? That's you know going to what? be fun I to watch. I would be
4: chomping at the bit because you're not playing against the, the aura. Yeah. Texas aura left a long time ago. That's, they better be better than the Cajuns on that Saturday if they want to win. Because one thing I've learned about this football team under Coach Napier, they are not afraid. They come to play. You watch them from the moment they're off-season. I played with one of the quarterbacks today, Okay, uh, Dale. and I played with him today, I played golf with him. And that guy, basically, the way he's talking, he has a belief system now. That coach has these guys believing that it's not a school out there you can't beat. They are starting their all season program. They're running, they're going up hills, down hills, and doing everything. And they're working on it now. Just like I tell these kids out here today, you know, you don't wait till the game to become that star or become that champion. You do that throughout the offseason. Every day you go out and everything you do, you're trying to build for something. And I think that's exactly what that team is doing right now. I think we got to a point where we were happy to be like the stepchild. But Coach Napier is coming here with a mindset to say, you know what, kick down the door. You could be whatever you want to be. Two questions left for you. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised that Napier stuck around?
0: Uh, a lot of big SEC schools coming after him. Are you surprised he stuck around?
4: You know what, I- I'm not surprised because of this area. I tell people all everywhere I go, this Lafayette area, these people here are genuine, they take care of you, and he, they, they compete when it comes down to giving you money as well. And I think that's the ultimate thing, you know, when you hear about the, the down-home Southern Appeal, it is right here. And I think the, that's why he stayed around, because he sees what he's building. I remember when my dad told me, you know, he said, you can go to Nebraska, Oklahoma, any one of those schools. He said, they have something set. He said, but you can also go to another school and establish something and be a beginning of something. And Coach Napier may be having that same mindset that I had when I came here in 1986.
0: And I'm not saying this, I'm just telling you what Donnie Wallace told me, he's a better golfer than you. I don't know, nah, he well, actually he didn't know, really, he noticed, didn't, every didn't time really I tell I me that. Every time I
4: come in town, Don seems to want to go out of town because he don't want to see me on the golf course anymore. <laughs> now that's my big bro, he got me into golf, and uh, he knows I'm the most competitive person in the world. So once you get me into something, my next goal is to beat you.
0: <laughs> well, it's, he didn't actually say that. I just know that you guys are friends. Oh, that's <laughs> Brian Mitchell, thanks Appreciate so much you, for man. your time. Thank Appreciate you. you. And that is going to do it for tonight's show. Hope you enjoyed it. For Madeline Adams, I'm George
2: Faust, and you've been watching Inside Cajun Nation. We'll see you next time.